Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is Chris, and my guest today is Eric Huang with BlockCat.io. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Great to be here, Chris. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. So, Eric, give us a little bit about your background. Right. So, I majored in computer science coming out of university and with a specialization in databases. In the past couple of years or so, I developed the real interest and passion in blockchain technology, which was kind of a natural segue out of my database specialization, since blockchains can be kind of thought of as just a really big database. Um, About a year ago now, I founded BlockCat, and our goal essentially is to take the Ethereum blockchain and smart contracts that run on the Ethereum blockchain and bring them to a more mainstream audience and to present them in such a way that requires no programming knowledge and no expertise so that anybody can use it just like any other website. Oh, very good. So what, is, uh, what does BlockCat do? How does it work? Right. So smart contracts are essentially computer code that runs on the Ethereum blockchain. And they have some very interesting and powerful capabilities, being able to do things like a perfect decentralized escrow, um, tamper-proof data storage. But the problem is, is that these smart contracts have to be written in a very specialized programming language, a language that only a handful of developers worldwide know. And so our goal with BlockCat is why not stick 
a nice, easy-to-use user interface on top of these really cool smart contracts so that the everyday user can use them without having to write a single line of code. To that end, we've built a web platform that provides these smart contracts written by us available for any user to use. Walk me through how I would use that from getting onto the platform to you know, what specific smart contracts I'm looking for and the, the interface itself. Right, yeah. So this kind of depends on a per contract basis and some contracts are suited for one workflow, but other contracts are suited for a different one. So to give an example of one that is probably the most in-demand smart contract right now is a smart contract to deploy your own token and with that, your own token sale. So the workflow for something like that looks a lot like essentially kind of like a wizard to guide you through the process. So it asks you for all of the information that you need to supply for your token, like the name of it, um, how many of the token you're issuing, whether that's a million tokens or 10 million tokens, and any other extras that people want to add to it, such as data to attach. And then once they fill that all that out, they get a nice summary page that recaps all of the information that was entered. And then all they have to hit is go and it deploys a contract for them. Very good. So have you have you had anybody use this yet? What uh, Where are you at in the platform? Yeah, great question. So up until now, we've been kind of heads down working hard. Um, our development team has solved some really hard problems and we're really excited to bring our first live smart contract out um, on March 14th, this Wednesday. Oh, very good. And yeah. The, we're extremely excited. We've put a lot of hard work into this, and I think this first contract is going to be something that really appeals to kind of the everyday crypto user. We're calling the platform for our smart contracts Tabby, and this first smart contract that we're releasing is called Tabby Pay. What Tabby Pay is, is that it aims to solve the problem so that you never send Ether to the wrong address ever again, which means no lost coins, which is absolutely crazy in this space. Because as you and I both know, right now, if you make an Ethereum transaction and you send your Ether to an address and you get that address wrong, your, your coins are lost forever. You can never retrieve them. There's no reversibility. Nobody can help you get them back, right? Right. Yeah. So. What TabbyPay does is that it utilizes a smart contract to add a second step in the transaction process. So a TabbyPay payment looks almost the same as a normal Ethereum transaction, except with one small twist to it. Once you fill in that initial detail, like how much you're sending, who you're sending it to, and you create the payment, it becomes a pending payment that's deposited into our smart contract. And the only person who can go to essentially claim and withdraw the payment is the recipient that was originally specified. So what this means is that if the person you send Ether to doesn't control their wallet, that means that the payment can't be withdrawn by, say, a malicious user. And the really key part to all of this is that while that payment is pending, the original sender of the payment can cancel it and refund that Ether back into their wallet. 
So that's how we protect against losing Ether by sending it to the wrong address. Because the moment you figure out that you've sent it to the wrong person, all you have to do is hit cancel and you reverse the whole thing. Easy. Wow. That's, uh, it's, it's surprising that something that has that should be so transparent like that and easy to do, um, that very few people have come up with solutions for that. And it looks like your company with TabbyPay is, is making that happen. How do you feel like there are other competitors with you and how you offer advantages that maybe they don't have in particular? It's a great question. And we were initially extremely surprised at first that, that a solution like TabbyPay doesn't exist yet because conceptually it feels like such an easy idea. After we really dug into it, though, we realized kind of the reasons why this is, and they all kind of centralized around the fact that it's an easy-to-approach problem that is very difficult to solve elegantly. And I think that's really where we came out ahead, is that we managed to identify a solution that really struck a nice balance between still being fully decentralized so that no third party can walk in and steal all of your ether and still being easy to use, straightforward to understand without any complicated multi-step processes in the way. And I think that's really what sets us apart. Very good. What other, you mentioned some problems that you encountered um, and unique opportunities for solutions. Can you tell us more about some of those that you found and how you uh, solve those issues? Right, yeah. Um, so developing software for blockchain is is truly a unique space right now. It's it's so young, the the amount of infrastructure and existing libraries out there is is just not on the same par as like developing a traditional website these days. And I like to liken it a lot to kind of the very early days of computing back in like the DOS era where, you know, everything was very primitive and kind of rough around the edges. And conversely, it becomes extremely easy to, so to speak, shoot yourself in the foot. So a lot of the time that our dev team has been spending recently has been in solving these problems and kind of building out more general foundations for really how do we interact with the blockchain? How do we write this code in such a way that makes it resistant to attack, to being resistant to accidentally making the wrong or incorrect transaction? And these are all problems that, that are really quite novel in the space that no other software developer has to deal with. And in a sense, we're essentially trailblazers in laying the, these foundations. Excellent. So what do you see for the future development? You mentioned um, Tabby Pay. Um, what other kind of smart contract functionality do you see adding in the future? Right. Um, so upcoming shortly, the token deployment and token sale deployment I described will definitely be something that we'll build. We'll, from there, our aim is to kind of branch out to address the immediate needs of everyday crypto users. So some other things that we're thinking about putting out there are um, smart contracts to make running airdrops really simply, things to you know manage payments and account splitting for Ethereum. And after that, it, it kind of is largely a flexible process. We're constantly trying to gauge the space 
figure out where are the pain points of our users and how can we apply smart contract technology to help with that. Okay. So on March 14th, you're releasing your product. What kind of excitement do you think is going to be generated with that release? I'm I'm really looking forward to the community reception here. We've put out a couple of surveys to kind of gauge community interest in this kind of solution. In particular, we were asking questions like, when you make a large value transaction, do you feel anxiety when you do it? And the response, I believe the response was like 86% was an overwhelming yes. I, you know, I, I break out in a cold sweat. I triple check it. I, you know, I have a panic attack for five minutes afterwards, things like that. And we also gauged users and how they were addressing this problem currently. And it seemed like the, the general consensus there was that most people like to do a two-step transaction already, where they would send a very small amount of Ether first to make sure that it landed in the same wallet. And then they would repeat the entire process again, but just change the amount to what they actually intended to send. So a little quality control beforehand. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I think Tabby Pay kind of really hits this, this space exactly where the pain points are. And it, it does it in a way that makes it so much safer. Because even when you do a two-step transaction process, you have no guarantee that you don't mess it up the second time. You're just slightly more sure. But with Tabby Pay, you're always left with that confidence that no matter how badly I mess this up, I can always just hit the cancel button and try again. And I think that's really powerful. That's extremely powerful. Yeah, to to give people the ability to make mistakes. <laughs> that's yeah, that's definitely totally. an important part of things. Yeah. So what um, what other developments do you see happening um, with Blockcat this year? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say we barely scratched the surface in what we, our team, and Blockcat is capable of in kind of the the midterm future. Our next goal after kind of the whole like simple smart contract template service, the next big project that we're going to tackle is in building a marketplace for these smart contracts. And what that will do is that we're going to open the floor to third-party blockchain developers who want to write smart contracts and give them the ability to contribute to our platform. In essence, it'll be like the app store for smart contracts. And I think it'll it'll go a long way in bringing added legitimacy and consistency and standardization into this space, which is currently very fractured. You know, most smart contracts these days are written kind of as like a one-off, kind of their own island, essentially, where it doesn't really interact with anything else. But if we can bring all of those together into one unified platform, I think it'll give us the capability of bringing blockchain and smart contracts into the mainstream audience, not even just the crypto audience, but the everyday non-crypto user as well. What do, you, what do you think it is that causes that uh, fracture in smart contracts currently? It's an interesting point. I think a lot of it comes down to what I mentioned earlier about the kind of immaturity of the space, simply because you know every everybody is kind of solving the same problem, but in different ways. And a lot of the time that just ends up with two solutions to the same problem that are really similar, but 
are just different enough that they don't really interoperate well enough. So in essence, you have all these separate smart contracts behaving on their own when there are so many interesting applications and capabilities that could be discovered if we introduce ways for them to interact with each other. Yeah, it reminds me of the group approach to solving problems. It's um, having, you know, having the crowd together can actually eventually outsource or outdo a genius in in one particular spot. So having that community uh, and that potential marketplace seems like a a good way to get that done. Yeah, I definitely believe that, you know, a, a team of a couple of developers working as a team can only do so much. But when you leverage kind of the the entire network of Solidity and blockchain developers out there, that's when you really hit the point where you gain the resources and the capabilities to solve those hard problems. Since we're talking about smart contracts, what do you think are current limitations to smart contracts and future developments? Right. Um, Off the top of my head, there's probably two limitations of smart contracts that we run into on a daily basis that I really wish weren't a thing. (laughs) Um, And those two are primarily one, smart contracts always require some amount of gas to be fed in to pay for the computation costs that are executed as part of the code. Currently, these, these costs always have to be paid by the user, which tends to create a an unfavorable environment in terms of the overall user experience. Because, for example, like a tabby pay payment, when, say, I make tabby pay payment to you, but maybe you don't hold any Ether yet, that lands you in the sticky situation where you've, you need Ether in order to pay for the gas to accept the payment, but you need to accept the payment before you have any Ether to pay for the gas. Um, to that end, there's a very interesting change to the Ethereum blockchain that's coming very soon that will open the capability for smart contracts to pay for the gas costs of a user's transaction on their behalf. And that kind of upgrade will give us the ability to smooth over these rough user experience points. And I, I only wish it could come sooner because it would solve a lot of problems we have on that end. The other problem that we deal with on a regular basis is in the fact that a smart contract cannot autonomously come alive to perform some action. And the simplest example I have for this is say you use a smart contract as like a time locked safe. So you say, I deposit 10 Ether into this contract and I want it to be returned to me in exactly 30 days or something like that. Given the current smart contract limitations, there's no mechanism that exists that would allow that smart contract to automatically detect 30 days has passed, I'm going to send this ether back to the original user. All smart contract functionality has to originate from a transaction that is sent by a user. So in other words, in this kind of time lock safe model, the only way to do it right now is actually for the user to go back after 30 days and initiate a withdrawal process, which although is functional, is not ideal in terms of the user experience. There's a lot of interesting things that we would be able to do if we were able to automate smart contract functionality. So with this the update that's coming, you see that being less of a problem? For the first problem, yes, about paying okay. for gas costs 
on behalf of the user. Um, as for the automation problem, there's not really been a clear path to a solution that's been outlined yet. There's been a few experimental trials. The notable one was a service called the Ethereum Alarm Clock, which was kind of designed in a way to try and incentivize other users to call these functions to essentially simulate the ability to automate a function call. But the project had a few limitations and it eventually fizzled out. Interesting. So still problems to solve. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Eric, um, where can people contact you and find out more about BlockCat? Right. Um, we are most active on our Discord channel, which can be found directly from a link from our website, which is blockcat.io. We also have an active Telegram group um, and our Twitter. And I personally have a Twitter of my own, which is at Eric Bcat, where people are welcome to tweet me questions, whether it's about BlockCat or about Tabby or Tabby Pay. I'm always happy to answer. Well, very good. Any final thoughts before we wrap today? Um, I'll leave it with, although Tabby Pay is being launched, I would say that it's nowhere close to being complete. The most valuable thing for us right now is really community feedback. I'm always very interested in hearing any comments, critiques, or suggestions in improving the, the overall user experience, the way that the, the interface is laid out. And those comments go a long way in helping us build a better product. So if you have any thoughts after you use the platform, please tweet it at me drop by our Discord and drop us a message. We're always happy to chat. Very good. Eric, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. It's been great, Chris. Awesome. Eric Kwong with blockcat.io. And thank you, everyone, for joining us with the Future Tech Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 